I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB Podcast here at AusBiz. It is April the 14th. We are about to go and embark on a four-day long weekend. But before we do that, I've got to introduce my special guest today, Annette Beecher. Joining me here on the program, Annette, uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say ahead of hitting the pub. Well, but yes, the pub is first, then we'll get, a four-day We'll get there, weekend. but we've got to get to business <laughs> first. And uh, let's go and kick off straight away with the unemployment data because there was a lot of hype going into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the unemployment rate was sitting at 4%. There was talk that we might go and see a 3.9, a 3.8 level. That might go and spark the need for the RBA to go and do an early move to cash rate, uh, maybe a potential 40 basis point move to the cash rate. Now that's said and done, we saw it come out. We, to a smidgen, it just missed yeah. out on the 3.9%. But uh, yeah, another solid increase in hiring and all full time. Well, exactly. Let, let's face it. I mean, after 120,000 in February, the fact that we gained any jobs at all in March was certainly good news. And yes, all full time, a little less part time. And the unemployment rate, I mean, the Finn twits, Twitter sphere is going bananas that it's actually really 3.95. But even we're doubling down on the nerd talk saying, well, the last number was revised down, the next one's revised up, and it's four. So at least Albanese. He's got another month to get the unemployment rate right at 4%. But it's still ahead of what the RBA, we had Justin Smirk here in the house telling us that it's still well ahead of what the RBA is looking for. Is it a smoking gun? No, but geez, it, it just adds up that we're going to see those wage pressures coming. Yeah, look, I think I've got to admit that I've actually moved on from the unemployment rate now. I'm Ugh. all about wages, so I went and looked straight at the underutilisation rate and the uh, underemployment rate. Collapsing. Yeah, so uh, the, mm-hmm. the under, underutilisation rate, which has got a very good uh, inverse correlation to wage growth, 10.3%. Uh, that is consistent with levels that we saw back around the peak of the mining boom either side uh, of the, uh, the GFC. Mm-hmm. So that certainly points to an, uh, a big acceleration in wage growth, potentially around that 4% level. In fact, you mentioned Justin Smirk now, he went and uh, tweeted me and uh, said that's what their forecast is by the end of next year. So things are looking pretty positive on that account. It is. Now, well, still, let's just to wind up with the RBA. There's a growing body out there saying that they're doing nothing, as we know. We do know our friends across the ditch and in the Northern Hemisphere dropped 50 bips. It's now the FOMO 50, according to one of our guests today. All the cool kids are doing 50 now. And, of course, the RBA is doing nothing. But what's the compromise? Well, let's month. Let's do 15. Let's just get that number back to around 25 basis points and then decide from there. Given that 15 on the way down didn't matter, why not 15 on the way back? Exactly right. And uh, I think the evidence is accumulating to say mm-hmm. the RBA, we do not need to have emergency cash rate settings at the moment. So uh, get on with it. So we'll see what the uh, inflation print comes out in a couple of weeks' time. But certainly uh, all signs are pointing to maybe we might even start to go and see maybe not the 50 that others are delivering, maybe a 40 when the RBA kicks off, depending whether that's going to be in May or June. But that certainly is where it's centred at this point in time. Fully priced, I believe. So really... It's just down to them delivering. Absolutely. Well, uh, Annette, I uh, wouldn't usually go to the end with this, but I'm going to beat you out because I've got I another guest. I am getting booted. Woo-hoo. He, he's a special guest as well. 
We have some star power here in the house. Let me just hand over here to our fan favourite here, Koshi. Koshi with a glass of red just for a visual for you. And I'm getting booted off. Have a great, great four-day weekend. Koshi, oh. w- welcome to the program. It's, uh, and Annette, th- and thanks, that, thanks for that macro wrap. Uh, we're yep. all, all ahead of that, uh, ready to go for uh, next week uh, when anyone asks us some quiz, the gotcha questions at the moment. Uh, Koshi, uh, how was your day? It's been a great day today. I have uh, the call over the last week has been fantastic. And because Nadine's been off, I've been filling in on the small caps and uh, absolutely loving it. Tell that us, end of the market. Tell us about your, uh, your chat with Rhythm Biosciences. Um, uh, Rhythm Biosciences was a while ago. Okay. Fantastic. Out of, um, uh, out of the CSIRO, uh, blood tests for colon cancer um, and detecting cancers, really doing great things since we talked about it on the call. It was fantastic. I love these biotechs and medtechs because there's such great ideas that they have and you wish them well. The problem is, from an investment point of view, the track that they're on is going to take a couple of years. So you weigh up as an investor the passion that it could come off and the risk um, and you want it to come off with the opportunity cost of making your money work elsewhere. And that's why a group came up this week, uh, yesterday, uh, Claude Walker and Luke Winchester, um, uh, called um, Genetic Signatures. Mm. And we followed it up today on the small caps with uh, a chat with the chief executive. And they've had momentum because they do testing kits for COVID. But they've been doing testing kits for years for a whole range of different diseases from uh, uh, from bowel disruptions and all that yep. sort of thing. And they're seven years along. They're positive, uh, they're positive cash flow. They make profits. And COVID has been this showcase for them, for this company, that their testing kits have been so good that all the other testing kits for all the other diseases are now coming to the fore. And um, so genetic signatories, and it's been, as I say, listed for seven years, and it's at that point where you wish a lot of the other med techs and biotechs were now mm. because it's at that takeoff stage. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a rarity at the moment. So if you're in the marketplace, the Rick code is, uh, is GSS. So yeah. Yeah, keep, uh, keep a close eye on that one. Uh, you saw uh, no, the, the, uh, the stock of the day today on the call. Orkin. Orkin. It's had a pretty decent run of late. So uh, now you sat down with, a, with Ben Clark, TMS Capital, and Carl Capolingua from the Think Market. So we're going to get a little bit of a clip and then we'll come back and get what your thoughts were. Like the stock, it's, it's probably the best ASX pure play out there because of the diversification that I've talked about. Right. The only problem is, is the valuation. We, we had a price target uh, that we've had now for some time of about 14 bucks. And lo and behold, it's, it's you know, like it's hit it, it's hit it today. Um, so, so what do you do? Now, we've, we've, uh, the last um, swing we had on the charts there was at about 10.50. We started to put it out as our feature chart of the day. I would suggest now it's hit our target, take some profits. 
Um, yeah. You know, don't take all, don't take it all off the table. Um, you know, we like to do the sort of sell a third and see how we go. And if there's if the chart starts to get worse, we might do that. If it picks up again, we can always reinvest. So if you've got it, I think take a little bit of profit off the table. We've had a good run. If you don't have it, uh, I like it. It's a pure play. It's I think it's a core holding potentially portfolio. Um, but let's wait for a pullback first. Maybe we're not quite there yet, but I reckon we're getting pretty close to yeah. um, peak sort of excitement about lithium. And as Carl said, all of the fundal fundamentals make sense. You know yeah. that you can c completely create a bull case for why you want exposure to lithium, but you've also got to think about everyone else knows that exact argument, yeah. and yeah. it's probably been priced in and then some. So. Right. I'd sort of sit back if I wasn't in it and sort of hope to buy this on a dip. And if it keeps going, you know, so yep. be it. So there we have it. Okay. Uh, old, yeah, or, take profits. Take profits. Oh, or a cobra. Yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, the, the lithium space is just run. Oh. It's, it's white hot at the moment, which gives me a few you know, heebie jeebies in yep. the near term. But the structural trend, you can see it's clearly in place. Absolutely. But if you're going to get in there, uh, go with the existing producers, people actually digging stuff out of the ground rather than promises. In that vein, though, this week on, on the call, a couple of interesting ones came up. Grange Resources. Yep. Uh, uh, the iron ore pellets in Tasmania, 15% um, dividend yield mm. at the moment, just making huge PE of six. So just... One of, um, as uh, uh, David Novak from Wealthwise and even Mark Morland from Team Invest. Okay, Team Invest, very conservative. Even Mark said, I cannot believe how low the valuation is for this iron ore producer. He even recommended it as, as a buy as well. Uh, they're terrible at investor relations, terrible at informing the market. So they've got the existing um, mine and uh, processing plan in Tasmania. They've also got another mine that they're developing outside of Albany in WA. So that was a big one. The other one to come out is Terracom, um, which is a coal um, coal producer in Queensland. Um, again, forgotten by the markets. And G8 Metals. G8 Metals I'd never heard of. And it is um, uh, renewing an old tungsten mine on King Island off of Tasmania. Now, I don't know about you, but King Island, I just think of uh, cows and cheese and uh, really expensive beef. Yep. And uh, this renewing of the mine has been held up for environmental issues, which, are, which is, you know, protecting King Island. But they've built a... Con conservatory sort of of 130,000 square metres of pine forest they're going to plant and all that sort mm. of stuff. Um, incredibly low uh, PE as well and and is going to be profitable. Yeah, and so, like, and like so many of the other metals out there at the moment as well, it's always had a rally and makes it, these mines much more palatable. That's right. And tungsten's not sexy, mm. but it's been dragged up with everybody else. So... They are a couple of interesting small ones to come out of the call that this week that may have gone under the radar for people who have very low valuations compared with their sector. 
That's why you're on the podcast today. We're going to do a bit of a wrap-up here. We spoke today with uh, Mark Monfort as well from uh, New Era Analytics ETF space. We know it's a fan favorite out there. Uh, lots of uh, inf- interesting information about what's been going on, the movements underneath the service, including a couple of new developments as well, including we had a chat about the potential for a Bitcoin ETF here listed locally. A lot of being said about it, but not at this point in time. But he tells you exactly why it's being held up. Also, uh, Zach Arias from Banyan Tree. Uh, came on the program. He's got uh, three stocks to go and contemplate having a, a look at for a buy over the Easter break. So well worth your while having a look at that. Uh, Koshi, to go and wrap it up, uh, what's your plans for uh, this uh, this long, long weekend? Well, like everybody else in this uh, COVID period, my uh, grandkids and daughter from Perth are over for the weekend. Um, so we all had a big birthday party for our little two-year-old Perth granddaughter on Sunday. And our Sydney four-month-old granddaughter uh, introduced COVID into the family occasion. So we we have got households in isolation that all come out on Monday morning. And so we've got a big family lunch at the Newport, best bee garden in the world, Yep, uh, on Monday. Sounds like a fantastic thing. I'm, I'm going to be uh, no, heading over to, uh, to SA oh, and uh, I'll be going down. How's the little one? Yeah, she's uh, she's going well. Uh, no, no, How old is she now? She's uh, just turned one. So, yeah. Uh, oh. She's uh, no, just uh, starting to go and get her vocabulary up. So, hopefully, uh, none of the other. Uh, so, is she a port supporter yet? Uh, she's uh, well and true. She likes listening to the uh, Cindy Swans uh, No Club song. I know that <laughs> much. Uh, and uh, that will be forever for uh, for her lifetime. She'll enjoy that song, I'm sure. Uh, look, uh, mate, yeah, safe travels. Yeah, thanks, uh, mate. And, uh, yeah, you have a fantastic time in the beer garden with, uh, with the family. Uh, hopefully, everyone was there health wise uh, is all okay. And uh, for you out there listening, thank you so much for the support throughout the course of the week. We'll see you uh, bright and early on air at 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday.